0: Everyone, welcome to this week's True House Stories. I'm Lenny Fontana, coming out of New York City, and today joined by one of the best guys I know in the disco business of today's business. That may be said, he's out of London, England, United Kingdom. He goes by the name Andy Williams by birth. But in the show world, Yam Who and Quest Life, are his two monikers. He's also been able to make a record label that is now surpassing many others. And that label's called Midnight Riot. It's a passion, an ongoing disco drama. It's got all the makings of a movie. The, the actual artwork each week looks like another movie and all the videos are very reminiscent to nightclubs such as Infinity studio 54 paradise garage he's been able to put all those recipes and come up with this idea of making midnight riot a household name as far as i'm concerned mission accomplished so by no further ado all the way from the united kingdom we have mr andy williams thank you mr andy thank you thank you thank you for joining us (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so we always start out with the first question which is so easy we know you have a mom and dad <laughs> but we know you were born but where does life begin for you with mom and dad and the journey of this music thing Can
1: you yeah okay I'll, I'll keep it simple I'll keep it simple but my uh, my, my my family is from what it is from Wales um, my grandma was from Greece, uh, so there's a, a bit of Greek blood. And um, my my dad, I mean, it's a lot of this is down to my dad. You know, um, God rest his soul, because um, he he found a way out of po- uh, poverty. My family's from poverty; a lot of them are still in that position. But he he found a way out, and um, he was a clever dude. Like. Um, he was a radar designer and um into computers and uh we we moved to the isle of wight so that's where i grew up until i was about eight or nine then we moved just to outside london and that's kind of where i think my musical journey started um like like a lot of kids uh eight nine ten years old fashion um music and uh just hanging out and um you know I, we were lucky we were so lucky to come from that era and uh, I got into dance music and and buying records and um, like so many of my peers, New York it was it was all to do with two things um, street sounds compilations and um, yeah and discovering those records and and going deeper and um, at my school, it was it was all about fashion dancing girls and and yeah discovering all, all this american the american music and um that that's it that that kind of led up to me leaving home and uh, going out into the you know the big world
0: when did you move to the U- to london i went about
1: 1980 and that was when you know we we that was when the soul boy the whole new romantic soul boy thing was really happening and i was i was like 10 11 years old and then and then and then the uh, the whole hip hop graffiti break dancing era came you know it came over here and and we got the bug and and i don't think that's ever left me
0: when you say new romantics for those that don't know because i understand what that term is what were some of the bands of that New Romantics era that you can remember?
1: Well, that's the thing. we we were served We were served it. How how it was served to me was via would be via the you know the top of the pops. and And you're talking the more sort of known side. and And, and as a as as a kid, you're you know it's it would be Spandau Ballet, Soft Cell, um, Visage, Duran Duran. Um, you know a huge uh, a huge sort of three or four five year spell um of you know incredible music and i uh, and you know that crossed over to your side and little little did i know was i didn't know anything about the club scene because i was too young and uh this is this is something um that's just a, a genre or a strain of music that i i've got you know i've, I've gone back into as as i've you know as i've progressed I've gone back into my childhood. And uh, I, I've been doing that a lot. I, I do that with the label. I go back to some, you know, it's all based on my formative years of this is this is how your this is where your journey starts. And uh, you can see that in in Midnight Riot, the, I, I'm, I'm going right back to that period. And um, yeah, re, re, you know, retracing my, my childhood, you know, I, I never want to I don't want to leave that era. That was that was the golden era. Um, I'm I'm not a '70s child. I'm I'm probably like 1980, off the wall. You know, maybe like when when Michael uh, first released "Off the Wall." That's probably my first disco album. But it was the for, the real, um, um, you know, it, it was Street Sounds, which is run by Morgan Kahn. That that changed the whole country. And without that, I think I, th- I, th- I think a lot of people wouldn't have gone on to you know wouldn't have been prepared for or even um, educated about uh, th- that kind of music. For because when when um, when the rave scene or, or the club explosion came, we, we we already had a club scene, and it was based you know largely on on us having access to that music because there was you could buy imports but the street sounds was a that was a huge thing and i, I don't think it's really being recognized um but
0: two things number one you are now categorizing yourself as the mtv generation because spandu ballet and all those bands became a huge success true, because yeah. mtv they were only reason not to say that they weren't talented they were very talented they had very well done videos. True. So that was the beginning of the, the, the tube where people were seeing videos. You're at a formative age, you're seeing your English counterparts becoming huge mega stars around the world. You know, even Michael Jackson, the whole Thriller album is the first True. of its kind to be on video, you know, and that's a big thing. Um, but, Take us into the Street Sounds. People around the world, you know, you can't even know about the Street Sounds, but they don't really know what that was. Well, can you define that?
1: Can yeah, you- I mean, it was. It's a. Sh- you, I mean, people, you should Google the the catalog or go onto Discogs because um, it was mainly sold for a chain of shops called uh, our Price, and um, it was budget budget albums. Four ninety nine got you your latest Street Sounds compilation. And that kind of plugged us into, I, I think, um, American street culture, and and then breakdancing exploded over here. We, you know, we're, we're always five, ten years, you know, later. But for me, living where I did, I, I know that was without that. That that was that was my torchlight. That was the one you know, for for me and my peers. You had to, you know, you knew about that music. You knew about Lufa. You knew about uh Arthur Baker Rockers Revenge and that didn't come from no nowhere, nowhere that came from those albums and I, I think virtually everyone i know who grew who grew up in the uk uh really we were educated from from those compilations so um that that kind of really helped us cuz without that you you don't you don't really have um any inkling there was you know there's no you know was, there was nothing to Really, sort of shine a light on what was going on in New York, and uh, it was during the '90s when everything exploded here. That's when we were like, "Oh, where's that sample from?" And to become a DJ, I kind of already already knew. I already knew a lot. I knew a lot about this music, and uh, that. I mean, that, to answer that question, yes, yeah, street sounds. You know that. Um, it's it's incredible what that label actually sort of gave the country.
0: So it's like a reference point for all of you. You know, the only stuff coming from America and around the world, they were actually putting together. We were categorized as the K-Tel of the era, in a sense, where you, you bought an album and you had, like you said, Rocker's Revenge, uh, this record, that record, all on one album. So you can actually buy one album, experience it, and hear a whole difference of different sounds coming in that were hot at the moment. Imagine if you didn't have that, what it would be like, how, what would you, what would you, if you didn't have street sounds, what would you have been listening to?
1: I mean, that pop music was good, but, and you know, you had your, you, you know, you still had your, um, you know, you still had your re you, I, I was buying Shep Pettybone remixes and little, little did I know there was a club scene. We had no idea, but we kind of knew, We we kind of knew who the remixes were. You know, Eminem, John Morales mixes that they, they were they were remixing a lot of pop UK like credible um, pop pop acts. So we can't. It was in our world, but you know, it was it was it was the '90s where we started to um, go deeper, deeper into the American culture. Or my my era did, and um, or, or my peers. We we definitely we we, we got um, seriously uh, you know, you, you heard the name Paradise Garage around, I think about 1990, you know, you know, Norman Jay was, um, was, was a huge thing over here, Kiss FM. And that's where the first inkling of the New York scene, you know, there was there a scene in the eighties. It's like, oh, okay, I need to start. Um, I need, need to buy more records now. And, um, That's kind of, you know, I think my story is really similar to a lot of people, a lot.
0: Norman used to come over and I spoke to me, so he's going to be doing the show in a few weeks. And we spoke about he has family in Brooklyn and he used to stay all summers. This is 1970, 1980. And he would go out to those clubs and he experienced all that stuff. So when he was playing that stuff on Kiss in the UK. He was giving you his vision of what New York was doing in those days, which was very helpful for all of you. It's Pretty cool. It's amazing how one person's vision can open thousands and thousands of people and and set you guys all up to go and do what you do today. It's amazing, it's a domino effect. I always said that. You never know who you're teaching or you're schooling along the way just by by Mm. what you're seeing. You know, you touch people with our music. It's crazy. Do you have any musical training?
1: I am um, I mean, you know what? You know what the one thing the one th- yeah, my um, you know, a lot of my a lot of my family were singers. And um I was singing um I don't know why we, you know, why why I or people sort of you know, fall into this um into certain, you know, paths in lives and I was singing and I, I think I was as early you know two three years old i was training my ear and um i, I could you know i could sing i could, I still can sing and that mm-hmm. led me that led me into i don't know performing and 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 then and playing the piano and a little bit of guitar but i, I would say my my main thing is is keyboards and it and it always will be but i think um musical training it, it just um I don't know. There was something, something possessed me, and um, and and that was it. I've I've never lost that. I've never lost that bug. So yeah, I would say self train. But people along the way, I've I've had you know I've, I've 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 had tuition, but it's something that I've just gravitated towards, and and that's key to it all. Because if you don't have a passion for this, or if you don't want to force yourself. I don't think anyone can, and and it was there at an early age, and that just led into a whole a whole life of wanting to be close to music, and that's just that's just what's guided me. And um, you know, it it, it it turns me on, it excites me. Um, it's everything everything you need really is there. So um, no, not tr- not 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 formal training as such, but um, I, I don't always believe in that
0: but you don't have to be formally trained to be good no you, no you, way there's a lot of people that have no training that are, have fantastic ears that have made amazing songs you know and then i know people like i have spoke to cc rogers and we spoke about this where he went to berkeley college of music he's classically trained vocally mm. and piano wise and he meets a DJ named Marshall Jefferson and he's like that's it that simple part and then he goes and does a warm-up not even the final vocal a warm-up vocal and that's the one you hear on someday
1: yeah it's incredible
0: he says I I was furious 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 with Marshall but then I understand years later why they liked it like that that rough I wanted to fix he said nope session's Mm -hmm. See? So, you know, you don't have to have musical training to be good. What you do need is you need to have computer training today, I think, to be able to succeed in the game.
1: Absolutely without a shadow of a doubt. How important
0: out. is that for these these young kids today? How important is that that they should know their programs and stuff, on what they're working on? Do you think
1: yeah but i you know it's it's just it's it's part of being a technician and and learning your trade and it's it's just been you know the technology has just elevated us into you know into a stratosphere which wasn't there before now it is it's like um a hugely serious um business and without this yeah pre-computers it was a different business and now and now it's it's gone it's gone the other way i i i i would i'd be an advocate of um of technology plus this old school this old school way is really important and um that's where i'm at i'm i'm covering both of those
0: and that's important you know i tell everyone you want to know what you're doing know how to work that program very well and because that's going to be your hand in the project you may not know how to make the music part of it, but you should know the technical part at least, you know, you can't, you can't expect someone else to run your computer and express your feelings. Exactly. They're not going to be exactly you, you know, even though they may listen to you and be your guide, but they can't be you, you know, why did you pick disco music as the forte of now? Because house music in the 90s was so prevalent. You know, we we as all DJs and producers, we were bringing this from New York and Strictly Rhythm was running the the roots and Nervous Records and, you know, A&M Records in those days when Simon was over there, he was signing stuff and Positive. And, and, and this, these, there was some humongous hits that came out from the house music scene. What made you pick disco? to take that that position
1: it's the, it's the hi-hats so you'll never get bored of a disco more cowbell
0: more cowbell.
1: <laughs> hi-hats i've i've had nights out where i've, I've just listened to um listen to hi-hat live hi-hats in in disco records and i think that's the difference it's the nuances and um not to, not to, um, you can't dismiss house music because it's a, a huge entity, but I kind of, I like, I like quirky shit and, um, I like the back room and, and I like, I like a bit of tragedy and I, I like everything about the the history of disco, the, the people, the, you know, how it, how it um, makes you feel, everything. It's, 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 it's like a puzzle that you can't, uh, you, you'll never complete it. And I, th- I think out of all the genres, not not that I'm, I'm you, you know, I'll, I'll listen to a, a song. That, that's what I'm, that's what I'm into. But if I had to, yeah, if I had to put my money on a, on a genre or or put my life into um, a style of music, it, it, it's this. And um, it, you can't. I don't even. I don't even think you can categorize it. It's just um, the, the one thing that I, I would say is because. Dan- the dance music culture came in here like a, like a juggernaut and uh, so did technology. And um, it kind of wiped out a lot of this, that era. And, and so, you know, going back 10 years, you know, look at uh, uh, the, um, the d- disco demolition as well. That, you know, that, that wiped out a, a, lot of, um, a lot of this music. And it's, it was through the, the dance music explosion coming over here we st- again like I, what I was saying we were hearing these samples and, and we wanted to go deeper and that's where that's where my love affair started with it and um it was just because it was a forgotten about it was forgotten about and um again I want to go back I'm, I'm just going back and and then I'm, 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 I'm you know I'm, I'm moving it forward and that's that's what I'm doing now so I don't know it's it's, it's 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 just a be- it's a beautiful uh, genre and um you know it's it's so free and open and it and it covers all it covers everything and uh i i like i like the um yeah i, I romanticize about how how it was in its heyday because i wasn't there so if i was there i probably wouldn't be doing this it's because i wasn't that i'm i'm chasing something that I, that i can't really um capture and that's that's what it is
0: and that to me is awesome because you know you said the magic words it's beautiful the music is beautiful and can be campy at the same time you know yeah, is, it, can- yeah. is the campiness what brings you to the back room i mean is that what is that you know because i do hear some of the releases do go that direction not i'm not to make it in a derogatory way it's got that campiness about it They say oh okay that's a track you know would have been like played back then you know it's cool it's not you know it's not the ultra R and B disco type track like a pilot bell but this would have been more played in your white clubs or you know like something like a ymca you know that kind of feel is that something that you're thinking about when you guys are making records or are you just making them with the idea going right here it is let's just put the the, the drums down let's just start making records how does that work for yamhoo and quest life as the production teams that you guys do
1: I, I i think uh for me it's a it's it's a london thing and um it you know you know we we all we all come from somewhere and being here again it's it's my vision or what it's what you see in your you know in your in, in your mind and that's what you're that's what you know with the artwork that's what I'm creating I'm 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 pulling you in for 5 minutes I'm pulling you in with that song and that artwork and whatever the video is and that's what I want you to feel for you know 5 to 6 minutes and it and it might have this that and the other it might have the four ingredients it might have the eight and um you know you you you're you're trying to you, you, you're not trying to repeat yourself. So each release or you you're feeling that day, you want to, you want to do something that you haven't touched upon, but it is definitely going back to that era. And I, uh, you know, New York, then that is, that, that's, that's the utopia that we're, we're chasing. It is because club scene is the club scene or the world. Isn't going to go back to that era. And, um, that, that's what that's, again, that's what I'm doing. It's, it's like, Fulfilling a fantasy that can't be uh, fulfilled, and um, you know we in in London. It's it's a very um, it's it's ve- it's a very mixed city. It's so open here. You know you can do you, you can be whoever you want to be, and this is this is just what I've chosen to do.
0: Did you guys ever think that glitterbox that started in the back rooms in Ibiza would become the Saturday Night Music in the main room? as disco did you ever any of you ever thought that would happen
1: yeah I, I i i i mean that was my feeling from i think the early 90s it was like wow why why isn't this being taken somewhere and i've 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 been chasing that forever and then you know they they conceived or they were the only people who could actually conceive this and and for it to become what it is and and thank the Lord because things were getting really boring
0: <laughs> tell me about it
1: oh my god and 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 when it did hit you know I was uh, I was one happy uh, individual because it's it's ignited something that was missing and it's and it's pulled back a lot of people who are probably presumed dead and and also the young people are you know this is what they want this is the new fix so um, you, you know th- you know th- oh god I mean I, 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 I don't even know what I'd be doing because um, having having signed to them and sort of become you know um, involved in their world that's really helped what I've done and um, you know it's catapulted me as well
0: yeah they got they got a heavy imprint in the game. I got to give Simon Dumbo a lot of credit he's done. He's he's a fat, like in a sense, not fat heavy-wise, but he's a fat cat. He's made house and disco, you know, very prevalent, especially right. in the last 10 years with the changes of, of EDM. You know, he's weathered out the storm. He's been able to sign key records that have kept this generation tuned in. But let's speak about... Where the hell does Yam Hoo come in? That's yeah, your other called. name. Tell us about Yam Hoo and, and those pseudonyms.
1: Okay, so um, yeah, it's all about the concept and the pseudonym for me. And um Yeah, that's from the New York Jerky Boys. We I I worked in um yeah, yeah. So um I got a really, I really, I got a really good break in in, in the mid '90s in London. I, I got a job in in Reckless Records, and that and that led up to Yam Who. I was there, I was there for about seven years. I was making, you know, I was making my, making my name as a, um, yeah, disco DJ when disco was just like no one was interested. And um, but through that shop, you know, I must credit, I must credit everyone who um, who. Who, who just sort of influenced me in that, in that shop. And, and one, I, we were all addicted to the Jerky Boys. And so um, my, my surname, Williams, um, for some reason, there was a dude, there's a dude who worked there. Um, Got to give a shout out to my man, Nigel Vincent, because um, uh, the Jerky Boys called up a Chinese dentist called Nam Hu. And... Um, my surname was William, and he started calling, One day, he just said "Yam Hu, Yeah, yeah. So, um, we we were obsessed with the Jerky Boys, and um, it was yeah for a Chinese dentist called Nam Hu, and uh, I needed a name. I needed a producer's name, and um, they were calling me Yam Hu, So, that's where it came from. Yeah, from the record shop, and um, hmm. that record shop gave me gave me my career because it was there. I was buying equipment. Uh, i was learning to produce and um it was through here you know it was a sec- it's a second hand record shop and that's that was my university of of everything um you name it i discovered music there and i was there 12 years in it all all in all and that's a that's a good education and um I, my career had already started when i was working there and um yeah it was just one of those opportunities that I, that I you know i created
0: give us the actual address of reckless records the university of reckless records to people yep. around the world never heard, you know and the tube stop that was near i know where i remember that record yeah, shop. very up, up clear
1: circus it's berwick street um it's still there it's still there. still
0: there still there
1: still open still surviving um yeah go and go go dig in the racks because there's some serious tunes in there
0: that's a university of universities that store for sure
1: and um yeah what
0: that's year did, what year did you start djing
1: 1989 i i went to um i went to university or it, it was a college then and um within a few days i'd met i'd met simon F- phase action when he wasn't phase action and lo and behold they had no dj's dj's no one knew what a dj was um this was Bournemouth. We I went. I went to do a course in Bournemouth and um, got 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 seriously into running parties for three years. And um, that, honestly, um, Lenny. I mean, no one again. No one knew what dis. No one knew disco records. And uh, Simon Lee. I mean, I have to. You know, these key people along the way. He he. Nineteen eighty nine. He was a he was a big DJ collector and he turned me on he turned me on to so much stuff and that's that's where it started i i haven't really stopped so um yeah 1989 was um my debut
0: your debut so he come raking in those those boxes of disco we thought disco was done mate we're on house music you're coming in playing that old shite disco music yeah. why why are you playing this disco music and who are you playing it to at that time what was your age group what was your clientele in front of you
1: yeah it was i mean it was a real mixed bag we were you know we were we were buying house i was buying new groove i was buying you know i was buying hip a lot of hip-hop we had we had talking loud over here acid jazz so it was you know it was um it was a really eclectic uh, education because baleric baleric was big andy Weatherall, primal scream it was huge, so we had the whole crossover indie dance. But I always, I've always that disco's been the one thing that I've, I've just stayed with. And um, you know, you're always going to be discovering uh, unknown disco productions. And, um, and until you, you know, until you leave, um, that's I don't know. We 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 can we can talk more about this. But I think I, I think it's the fact that it was live musicians. And um, that's the one thing I'm probably involved with a little bit now, is capture trying to capture that essence of, or the or the nuances or the organics of live, live instrumentation, and that and that goes back to well that goes fast forward into Quest Life, Glitterbox, creating classic music. Not not to say that I'm the best, but um, it all it all comes from that passion for disco.
0: So Quest Life, what is that? that whole project about so people understand because we've we've been seeing two or three releases already under that name um and you had a feature of some hip-hop people too on on the last single if i remember correctly so sugar
1: gang and mel yeah
0: yeah so break us down i mean you're 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 pushing 70s 80s and 90s all wrapped up in one bring it down child break it down
1: well that's it it's 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 another it's yeah this is another chapter and another another year as well um this is from quest life goes back 10 years and um we, i i met i, I met, my, met my partner tom leroy he was sending me demos on soundcloud when soundcloud was the big thing this was around probably 2012 and it was boogie. you know we're both leroy burgess you know um big boogie big boogie fans and um Anyway, I was releasing the records. We released our uh, three EPs on on my Ism imprint, and um, th- we had the album with the album, or we had ten tracks. We had ten tracks already made, and randomly out of the blue, I got uh, an email from Simon Dunmore, and was like, "I want to create some synergy between ourselves and Midnight Riot," and I thought, "Wow." Um, this is this is uh this could be this could be a a a good uh good meeting and at the end of the meeting he said have you got any music that is unreleased or you're looking for a home went home sent him the the quest life uh, 10 11 tracks and that that became the album so um just just another just another really sort of amazing sort of um story because that that, that project was, was, I wouldn't say it was done, but we'd kind of lost, we'd lost our energy. And, and he really, um, he heard what we were doing and gave it a new lease of life. So, uh, you know, thank you.
0: What was it like working with the whole Defected Glitterbox team? Now, you running a label, of course, but now you're the artist handing over the product. What did that do for you and your image?
1: I mean, honestly, it, it was like um, yeah, your ultimate dream because um, we we got in there. I think we got in there at the formative time as well, before it went you know stratospheric. We it was uh, nearly about three and a half years ago, so I think they'd only put out one single, and they were running they were running the parties. So um, timing just. Um, yeah, and, and also a blessing, like a, like what I said, because we we knew the, we knew the project was good. We knew we we knew we had the songs, and it it, it might have you know if, if I hadn't of you know it's just one of those things. So um, yeah, you you never know, you never know what what's going to happen a lot along the way, and that that's just that was um, that was a good day.
0: Okay, so pausing on that now, and I'm going to make you change your hats, okay, so if everyone understands, there's a disco column that's been written for a while in, in a very, very strong magazine called, small little magazine called Mix Mag, read by a quarter of a million to about a million people a month, and this gentleman in front of me, Andy, is actually the editor of the disco column, and that's how I got to really know him, because through some other people, we became you know, friends and colleagues. And next thing you knew, he's reviewing records and a lot of things unfolded. How did MixMag and how did you find your way to the MixMag family? What, what was that? Because Street Sounds, you mentioned, I remember Street Sounds and MixMag, they were always all one. Where do you step, to, where's that happen for you from the 90s on?
1: Um, you mean, how did I join uh,
0: MixMag? Yes, as, and then becoming editor of the disco column.
1: I think it's just, um, it's just a case of putting yourself out there and they needed, the the previous editor uh, moved on, he moved on to a different title, uh, different role in the company. And um, it was because I I guess, you know, my my face was online. And they knew that, you know, I was was making, you know, certain certain moves and grooves. So um, yeah again it was that was a good day because um you know my my whole thing is is bringing people together and
0: oh um, that's true that is true
1: and, and that is it because i'm i'm I, I you know i love people i absolutely love meeting you know my whole my whole life has been full of music and and these friendships and uh, that's something that I, that i bring to that you know brought to mix mag and um you know i want to help other people it's not you know if you help them it, it, it shines a good light on you as well as, as one of those individuals who are, who is is warm and open and um god it'd be so boring if you if you, if 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 you if you felt the other way because you know I, I like yourself you probably had the same friends forever and um they're still with me and they're with me because of that that um, outlook and that approach and and, and that's what I, that's what i bring to everything is the same Same attitude.
0: So when you're handed a whole load of mess of records, and I know you get a lot of records like I do, what's the cutting block for you to making it to that addition for the month?
1: Yeah, see, this this is something that you just learn. If you've been doing it three or four years, you've kind of got a good circle and a good rotor of people. You know, people are hitting you up, and, and you try to sort of... Juggle. You're juggling a lot of a lot of different um, press companies and individual um, uh, relationships as well. And and people are pretty cool because you know I've I've serviced everyone and you know you you're helping them. So um, to to get into that, you know seven six or seven reviews a month. That's. Um, that's pretty tight so um yeah
0: because i know there's like a thousand records handed to you and you have to be somewhat you know very picky yeah. oh, i should say nitpicky it ain't you know. no
1: Vin Letty, is it, it ain't no, yeah
0: yeah it's not like you got every week a column that you're putting out you know you could do 30 records every week you got to be six or seven for the month and b tell people how far ahead you have to be too with this
1: it's eight to 10 weeks, which is in a digital age, that's like unheard of because, you know, eight to 10 weeks now is, that, that just doesn't work in, you know, it's, but it's because it's, you know, it's physical and it's, um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's the old school, it's analog. So um, it's a nice, you know, it's, an, it's, a, it's definitely a, just a nice world to be in because it's, it, it, it does, it harks back to when, when the pace was a little bit slower. And that's been lost, you know. We don't have the, we 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 don't have this system anymore. How you enter? Um, not that you need any qualifications to get into music, but there was, um, you know, pre-digital. It, there was, um, there was, there was a certain um, uh, way that you had to follow. And um, you know, I like that. I like that about Mixmag. Is it's it's you know it's the it's the print world.
0: And I'm gonna tell you something, my hat is off to you because I, I, you, a lot of records you reviewed actually did turn out to be some of the bigger records of our scene. So you've been doing a really good job picking. Which now brings us to this young lads at home in their bedrooms or in their harems, dreaming about disco and champagne dreams and caviar. Is Midnight Riot, when you sat down, what went into making midnight riot records? what was the premise what was the you know the beginnings of that
1: it was from um yeah it was it was um born out of a little bit of tragedy um the we had the london riots we had the the tottenham riots started to, you know i, I live in to, in tottenham so the it, this was two thousand and i think two thousand and twelve i was trying to i was trying to get home from a gig um all the roads were shut. Uh, the police were saying there's a riot going on, and it happened. I, w- I was. It was around midnight. So, um, yeah, midnight riot came from the the London riots, and um, yeah, I just thought shit. That's that. That was a good. That's a. That's that's the name. I was like, that's it. Now I need a logo. So I didn't have any releases. I just all I wanted was a name and a logo. So I designed the logo. You know, I was like, "Yeah, the name is like, oh, what a great name!" You know, one of these concepts where you're like, "Oh yeah, I've, I've done it, I've done it," um, like like we all do, you know, you 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 um, <laughs> you, you know, you're you invest, you know, you start investing all this energy, and and this was just one of those things that actually worked. It actually, um, I think it was to do with the age and my career, where I was at. I, I couldn't have done it at any other time i had to i had to go down this this journey i had to be out that night this had to happen and i had to i w- i woke up with um a gut feeling or, or about a week later i had this i had this feeling this gut feeling and um it was because of what happened in london and i was looking for something i want i i had ism records i've got ism records but i wanted something edgier i wanted something a little bit more dark and um you know take the disco thing but put a twist on it and and that was it that was it just fell. it it was it fell out of the sky the name came the logo came and then i then i made a compilation or i was making i wanted to i wanted to make listening compilations i didn't really want to i didn't really want to make a a record label per se i just wanted um I wanted to have a compilation. I wanted to make compilations and then it, it, it kind of just snowballed and um you know here we are.
0: But what that's year, where it came from. What year? What year was the 2012.
1: uh twelve?
0: The God's year, the kind gods year of two thousand twelve was when Midnight Riot came on the scene. Did you start with vinyl first or were you already in the digital side?
1: Just digital albums and, and I probably did that for about a year or two years. You're just finding your way. You're um, you're trying to, you're trying to figure out how you can turn not monetize it, but how you can go from a few releases into you know eight years later. I I had no idea. I had no I had no game plan, and uh, you know I've just put the, I've just put the, the work. I you know I've put everything into this for eight years, and that's that's why it's worked because you know I'm, I'm a workaholic and um you, you know i don't want to go back to those shitty jobs thank you very much see you later <laughs> um, it's it's that's what i use i use the fear of having to go back to that life and uh, you know i think a lot of people do that. There's no way on god's earth am I, am I am i am i leaving you know what i've what i've created so um you know that's why we put everything into this we we all do this we all do this and uh, this is my last this is it. Midnight Riot is the is, you know. This is what I this is this is this is all. I've, I've given everything to to be sitting here now talking to you. This is um, this is everything up to, up to this day. I've I've given everything to um you know to to being able to survive in music.
0: And that's a good and that's a fair shake to you. You could take a bow now for that one. <laughs> that be- I can Did take you- Yeah, take your bow, or your plié, as we say. But, yes, let's ask the question, no. Did you, starting 2012, expect it to be what it is now? Business-wise, time-wise, investment-wise, all the above. Was it, is it hitting the marks that you expected or is it something completely different? Because remember, people at home think this is grandeur. They think you're the king of your kingdom. Is it truly like that or is it, blood sweat and true tears to make
1: it Yeah, it is i mean i i i I'd, I'd happily be a carpenter i'd i'd love to work with wood and um you know i i was heavily into art i was really into art i was into all these facets that um that i used you know i i i kind of had the tools and um you know you don't you don't start you don't start with a name or a logo and expect anything. You're just you're just laying down your your you know laying down your cards on the table and 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 trying to come up with a concept. And um, but I mean, I would say this, you know, like like everyone, I, I couldn't have come up with that name or even um, conceived it unless I'd done xxx leading up to that moment. And this is um, this is something that might get lost in in the future because we came from that era. I had a job in a record shop for twelve years. I I was um, an analog DJ, and and you know I went through the system of signing to labels pre-internet, and so I already had like a twenty twenty years of trying all these um, any angle any angle to get in there, and then so twenty twelve. I was really into um, where the digital era was going, and uh, I was into marketing. Any anything I could learn on YouTube, you you know, it's all free. It's all there for you, and um, that couldn't have happened at any other time. So to answer that question, that that just happened then, and then then I could see something. I could see I was onto something, and I th- I think it was only when I sort of um, met simon simon dunmore and luke solomon and they kind of reiterated or they were in awe of what i was doing and that was that was kind of like um yeah that was that was quite a moment because you're just i am i'm in my own bubble i'm you know i'm i I, I, you know like like us all you you don't you don't really think anyone's watching or really in awe of what you do and uh, and so that that kind of really gave me the confidence or that that made me um, raise my level because all of a sudden you're about to play for man city or you you're, you're going you you got signed to the premiership and that that really that's really helped me because you're you're looking at what they do and how they run their business and you apply it in your own little way to what you do so that kind of really galvanized everything about the business and and it and it shines a light, and it, may, it makes you like a go-to person, and that's what uh, Midnight Riots become. It's like um, it's like Glitterbox's little brother. Or if you can't if you can't get you know get into that team, you can come to me because um, you know I'm I'm here. I'm 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 on, online. I'm available. So that's 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 kind of that's you know that's kind of where we're at.
0: When you are a and that's the next hat, you know, editor puts down, producer puts down his hat. Now you're the A&R, along with Phil. I know Phil gets involved too, Phil Rose, wherever you are, hey, hey.
1: Phil's been also
0: a with you from the northern part of England. He's a good, good DJ, a really good DJ, good guy. I worked with him as well. Um, what's some of the things you're looking for in the new projects coming in for a producer sending stuff over from Midnight Riot to be accepted on the family of labels?
1: I mean, for me, for me, it's Then there needs to be a vocal, uh, like a really well written vocal, or that's that's kind of what we want. Do we get that often? Maybe not. But you know, you can work from from the dream. You can get the dream track, and they're, they're coming in, and that kind of that kind of raises the bar. And it and it and, it, and I, I think it, your filters, your A and R filters, will change from where you were four years ago. Or whenever you started, because now you're like, okay, um, we've released something like this. But yeah, it's songwriting. It's 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 definitely going again. Going back to the disco disco era. I, I'd I'd love songs with messages. I think we need. I, I think we need music with a message again. And I'm I'm hoping that the situation uh, will we, we'll come out of this and people will want to start shouting about what's right and what's wrong i I, I really think um dance music needs that and and it's a powerful it's a powerful that's a powerful tool once you've got that song so yeah to answer that i'd I'd probably uh music with a message
0: here's the next question how many records do you get with people using the same redundant vocals from sample packs (laughs)
1: lenny lenny i mean come on every every day
0: You, does it drive you up a wall or what? Like I hear the same frigging vocal on another track, from another producer.
1: I don't know, but yeah, you have to wade through it. Um, I mean, I've, I've got a circle of people who are, are producers, artists, and we, we, we're, we're sticking, you know, you stick to that circle and then someone from outside might surprise you with their productions. And, um, yeah, but you have a you know we we've got a, a you know a, a tight you know close knitted um, community, and people will come back to you if, if you if you've done a good job and you know you, do, you yeah it's it's hard I, I don't go I don't really go looking for records um, I'm in a position where they're coming in at a rapid pace so that's that's a that's a first because. I always hoped that would happen where, again, we would be a go-to label. And that's that's one thing I was driving towards and, um, you know, working so hard. And, you know, I want people to just, yeah, to see us as a, a good avenue for their for their, you know, for their careers.
0: So there is a formula in your mind that needs to be fulfilled, I'm presuming, for the Midnight Riot criteria, right?
1: It is, but... You know, a lot of the you know, I'm 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 also producing, I'm remixing, I'm I'm helping people with the production, the mastering, so the whole sound is you know, I'm I'm the wizard behind the the curtain, pulling the pulling the ropes, so I'm you know, I'm I'm moulding a lot of this, I'm 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 doing the artwork, so that's kind of why, I, I think that's that's where the strength is. It's um, I've done all these steps throughout the years, and I've I've stayed I've stayed close to it. And now, what you're seeing is the, you know the fruits of that, the, you know the hard the hard work. And um, yeah, the A and Ring is just a part of it. But I'm I'm you know I'm 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 making you know, I'm creating all a lot of this. But not to say that I'm not helped by a lot of people. You know, like like yourself. You know, you're you're making amazing tracks, and um, you know because we know each other, and you know you have these key people. You have these key people that come back to you
0: right with quality product that you know you You gotta get
1: it
0: yeah they're with you You gotta get it they're all on the same page we're all playing the same role make a great track push the track believe in the track you know explain that to these young kids how important is taking an extra step even just as you're being a remixer and producer yourself how important is that to take the because you know let's be honest it takes time energy money Everything to put into this. How important is that? Whereas someone with social media can do something and within two seconds have this phenomena. You know what? What's that entail? You know when you, yeah, teen, you that's that's these young kids. You know it's you must get these questions as a as an A and R guy. Come on, because I do.
1: I know, but we're um you know that, that side of the, if something goes viral online, that's like adding hot water to a, a pot noodle. Because um, you know, to craft an incredible record that's going to be with us and you know will ignite the ignite the stars, um, that that's a mystery and um, you know, you won't make too many of those in your career because you, know
0: you know that you've heard everybody the record lives. I want a record like that. Those are phenomenal, Those are ones. But okay, so let's let's move that to the side. Let's go back to the Midnight Riot A and team you're talking to these young guys they got like you said they got hot productions what do you tell them to take that extra step what's the extra step you feel they're missing you know most of the time
1: i don't i mean i don't really guide them or i can't really answer that too much because i want them to chase what we're doing and um you know you want to help them but you can't really because they have to live they have to live their life and and um It's only when you get into your 30s and 40s and beyond, that's when, that's when life gets deep and that's, that's where you start to create the the shit, the real shit. So, you know, you're floating around in your 20s, you know, you're trying to find your way and, um, you know, that's where you start, but, you know, life is, you know, life is a mystery and, um. You know, some dark, dark, some dark, gloomy moments will uh, will will land land in your uh, in your closet. So, um, I don't know. I mean, not to say that you can't. You know, you you can, yeah, you can, you can, you can make some incredible productions. But I don't know. It's a generational thing. This is this is something that um, I, I think I think about this a lot. I think about my early my early career or, or when I was young, when I was, you know, um, you you're know, running around like crazy and the, the things that I chased then aren't, aren't the things that I want now. And, um, so what I'm putting into what I do now, I wouldn't have done it then. So music definitely is, it's a generational thing. What, and, and your feelings change, you know, you become a, a different person as you, you know, 20, 30 years later, so, um, to, to, for a young person to get into music now, um, like what you said, I would, I would probably, I, I'd probably use it as, um, I'd, I'd have a plan B. I'd, I'd get into IT technology, the computer side of it. And uh, I've, I've always seen myself as a, a bit of a, a background person, and I, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to cover everything, and that's kind of what I've done. And I, I like I like that position because you can survive like that. You can, um, you know, if you're running a label or a publishing company, or even you know, if you're making T-shirts or a, you know, band camp store. That's kind of those are those are the areas making making a classic song. You can do that, and I think you can do it in your spare time when you're relaxed and you're actually not you're not uh, putting yourself under pressure because the the pressure to make it is um that's a heavy burden and um i I think all the best music or a lot of songs that i like um that they just feel natural and organic and it's not manufactured and um you know i think that's that's a bit of advice i'd give to someone is um you you know just find your way a little bit you don't you don't have to come out in your 20s and, and 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 catapult yourself into what you see as um you know, um, imminent stardom. I, I think it just take, take your time, take your time, learn everything. And, uh, you're going to have to anyway, because, um, you know, the, the business and the industry is, is changed beyond, you know, within the last six months. Um, you know, uh, shit, shit's got real.
0: Yeah. To so a couple of these are some now questions that I know people probably asking themselves at home, you know, it's easy to sample somebody else's record. Okay, and a lot of them don't understand the legal ramifications of sampling someone else's record. And you get those records, like I get those records. A lot of times, I have to say a no, it has to be a pushback, because I know what's coming, the legal side. How do you deal with that? Getting some really great tracks. For example, like if a Bucketheads record was landed on your doorstep, a Kenny Dope record, how do you handle that knowing the producer doesn't really understand that, you know, the the ramification do you do you go forward on records like that what do you do in this case
1: yeah you have a few choices um you, you can just yeah you could uh, i mean you, you can't you can't do that anymore because yeah when the bucket heads ca- came out it was vinyl only and it's, it wasn't online and um yeah if, if a record now has got a huge sample I'd, I'd get it replayed or you, there's people who can clear it and that you know that some like if you find the right um copyright owner like the, the major who um can see what you're trying to do and is is um can see the you know the benefits but yeah we we um we either like we we don't use stuff or we will replay we will re, replay the samples just, that's a whole. that's a whole different. Yeah,
0: when you got when you got <laughs> a sample like that. No, I'm just saying because sometimes there is great records that are done. You go, my God, I want to put this out. Do you take the chance? Do you wait to see if it if it gets flagged. I mean, what do you do? Because this is what people ask me all the time: like, What do you do? Some of my biggest records, personally, I've had to clear because there was no way around it. <laughs> you know, they were going pop. You had no choice. I had no problem clearing it. It is what it is. They are a big part of the composition, you know. Do you do you chance it and say f it? Let's just throw it out there and hope for the best. Because when you look at track source, you hear a ton of those records. In fact, you hear them to the point where it sounds one to one to the original with some drums. How do you feel about that? Listening to it as a DJ, what's your thoughts on that? I
1: mean, I mean yeah, as as a DJ, you, you, you might play those tracks, but you, you, um, you, you, can't run a record label just by putting out, um, samples with kick drums. That's, that's not really, um, you, you could, you could get away with that for X amount of time, but no, you have to really, you, you've got to go deeper and it's boring as well. It's like, um, I don't want to call in a gang record with a kick drum under it. Um, what what is um? But hey, I mean that's again you're talking about younger producers. That's probably where they're starting, and they yeah they, they don't know they don't know anything about copyright. But as soon as as soon as it makes money or if it's going to blow up, then um yeah you're you you're, you're going to have to make some pretty fast phone calls. <laughs> you're
0: right. Coronavirus COVID nineteen, the year twenty twenty has changed all of us has made us homebound. Are you holding back and humble and humility and all that, vigilant, crazy, um, depressed, happy, sad, all the above, okay? Do you feel released in the way you've been releasing pre-COVID? Can you still use the same formulas now? Or are you taking a different approach with the COVID going on, with Midnight Riot?
1: I, um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Um, no, I didn't stop working. It was, um, you have a decision. It's like, well, do I, do I pause or do I use this opportunity to, to, to tap into a huge online market? And, um, I I think we've, you know, we, I I took the, the decision to up the release schedule and we were, we were getting sent a lot of music and we still are. So it's like, well, okay, the, the, the form, you know, the previous avenues, a lot of, you know, the club scene, that, that's a weird one because we're, we're selling club music, but I'm also looking at other styles of music, you know, we're, you know, I'm, I'm looking at not just disco, but where can we go next? If we're, if we're going to be in, into a, um, a listeners only world. So, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to stop working. Um, I'm, I'm in on constant isolation anyway. It's like a, a studio a studio rat is we're on on constant lockdown. So um you know just just feed me my biscuits on on the hour. I'm I'm good to go.
0: Feed you the biscuits. What is the diet of a disco DJ? <laughs> Back in the old days it would have been cocaine, Coca-Cola and <laughs> and sunshades now what <laughs> what is the diet of a disco dj what are it you looking, a, you know how are we yeah, i'm a health
1: i'm a healthy dude well i mean i don't have a hangover i like i like to drink but i don't have a hangover in the morning that's my golden rule so um yeah i'm, I'm a i'm a I, I go running i run the uh the streets of tottenham you'll see me out there you know um you know four seasons a year so i got into running and um. You know, I, I hit fifty this year, so you know I want to keep a doing this. I'm
0: like, a milestone, bro. A milestone. Yeah, I'm milestone.
1: You know, I'm I'm here to stay, man. Um, you know, and, and running, swimming—that's my—that's my thing. But you know, and, and a good diet. You know, a bit a bit of everything. Um, the the partying days—they're they're slowing down, but you know, I've still got still got juice in the tank.
0: So, do you? What's what if you can look in your crystal ball after COVID's over? inspiring us what do you think is going to happen for us musically in the nightclub scene the whole thing what do you what do you believe is going to happen
1: you know i don't want to cast a a bleak scenario but um you you know if um we've had we've had 30 uh, in london we've had or the uk we've had 30 years of it's literally someone's pumped air into a huge balloon and that's the club scene it came from nothing it came from the you know the darkness of the 80s into the joyful euphoric late 80s 90s money-making super club years of the late 90s 2000s ibiza da 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 uh that's all gone and so um you know because those businesses have shut down but it will reappear and i think you know i don't want to say this but i think I, i think something had to happen and um you know, I'm, I'm I'm more concerned about the climate than um than COVID. I think that I think uh, global warming w- is going to do us anyway. So you know we'll we'll get through this, and I, I I really hope um you know we're talking, we're all talking again, we're talking about our new future, we're designing a new future, and um clubbing clubbing can come back, and you know we can hug and kiss everyone again, and that's at the moment that's all you want to do is just sort of be close to people and the economics and the business will will work itself out anyway.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, I mean, especially here like in New York, I mean, there's no there's no discussion in the five boroughs of anything opening pre-2021. Mm. You know, as far as internal restaurants, recreation, nightclubs, I mean, we're mis- we I know as of right now there's an income decimated that probably won't come back mm. but even when an atomic bomb hit eventually we rebuild shall we rebuild will we will we all be there to rebuild that's the question
1: it is it's i mean it's gonna it's gonna creep back in and um yeah, even next year it's going to be a little bit uh, um, hot and cold. You know, who, who knows? You're going to get spikes. You're going to. We don't know. We don't know how this is going to morph or um, uh, find its way in. You, you know, into in, into our lives. So, um, it it will come back. It will come back. Nice shorts, by the way.
0: <laughs> My dog is knocking at the door. She wants to be important. She wants to be part of the. The, uh, the interview. She's scratching. I mean, uh... But you know, I, I'm look. I'm optimistic. I really believe people need to be entertained. I really think yeah, sure. when this is over, people are going to want to come out every day of the week, all night long. They're going to want. I, I felt like everything that we know was taken from us. Yeah. Sure. Our normal way of life. It's sad. It's sad, but we'll we'll put it together brick by brick. I do believe, you know, um, but I think there's going to be different players when we come back. Like I think the game is going to shift. That We're seeing sense. so much through the digital outlets of new new artists and new you know just new players that are just showcasing. It's amazing. I know you're. I know you're seeing it too. Um, I just don't know how. The next steps are going to be because there's a word called uncertainty, you know, and I'm, as, I, as, you're te- as you're saying what you're saying, people are writing that the climate change is very prevalent. It is a problem. We know that. Um, and COVID is basically has made everybody distracted because lately I've been losing people to other things besides COVID. Like, uh, I went to someone's funeral for a brain aneurysm, this person died for this, you know, uh, old age, you know, you just forget that you could get sick of something else. Like everything is COVID, COVID-19, Corona, blah, blah, blah. You forget that all these great things that we were all involved in pre to it. My The dreams I had pre to COVID are so different now to when I was back before, in February. Yeah. True. Does it feel like six months to you that we're all been closed down as it feel longer
1: I don't I can't even tell you um, yeah it's um it's like the twilight twilight years uh, it's, it is um I, I, I don't know I mean but like like what I was saying um you know choosing to do this choosing to be in music it's a strange it's a strange world anyway um so a lot of ups and downs this has just magnified a lot of those feelings and insecurities as well and um you know we'll, we'll still be doing this we'll still be um we are addicted to this and um it's our passion so we're in some shape or form we we will we'll still be around you know we're not going anywhere
0: andy here's one for you brother you're turning you're turning the half century mark you look back at the guy at 25 years old when he's at reckless records what do you tell him what do you tell him what he should be doing what he should be preparing for i asked michael gray the same question he gave us a really good answer i want to know what you would be telling that young man andy before he became midnight riots and all this wonderful things that you acquired and all the success
1: i um, i mean to a certain degree i was um i've always felt like I, I i'm an old soul in a in a young body and um even then i i i knew there was no other there was no other choice for me um i, I was i was going to i was going to make it somehow i just didn't think it would take this long and um i was i was desperate to have a, a career in music so i was always really super focused and that started before that Um, the moment I left home, that was when I was like, right, I need to find something. So at 25, I I got given the opportunity and, um, I, I, I took that opportunity and that's kind of where, where I really got serious about, okay, I might have a chance to, um, be probably just a DJ and, um, I I wanted to discover music. And that's kind of what, what, as I was saying, led me up to the production side of it. I wasn't I was a party guy you know I wasn't that crazy because um I always I had no I had no support system so I've always had to look after myself and um by having no support system is quite a good thing because you can only rely on your own skills and that that's kind of what I I kind of I had, I knew I had to have skills and um that that's how i was when i was 25 i I was gonna i was gonna make it in in the music industry one one way or other but it just took forever
0: as i asked all the other artists i'll ask you the series of questions the same way and this is some of them one of them is the greatest moment in your musical history as in the industry and the second part to the question is the most darkest moment hardest moment
1: I mean, I can't, I can't top CC Rogers. I'm afraid. I was going to
0: say, CC is unbelievable. He gets the he gets a platinum award, right? That, it was incredible when I heard that. But go ahead.
1: I mean, gig, gig wise, um, it, it has to be Glitterbox in Ibiza. Um, you know, after all those years, I've had, I've had some incredible. You know, every every gig, I love. I love every. You know, I love going out and playing music. But I think because it took me so long. I was 40, I was forty-seven when I signed to um, Glitterbox, and um, so I've you know I've had some amazing gigs as Yamahoo. but yeah, I think I think Glitterbox uh, Ibiza. That's 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 a nice that's a nice one to put on your CV. Is
0: and, it uh, safe to say? Is it safe to say you should never stop dreaming if it takes you forty-seven long hard years to get there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've I've still got some dreams and. Um, as as a dj career that's you know um oh, i mean you know what what they've achieved with that with that brand and and the club nights and um again it's the thing is thing is as i was saying it's, it's uh, what you come to realize it's a generational thing because when you're 20 30 you have your dream gigs and you think oh okay i've made it now and then lo and behold 10 years later you've got no gigs and um you're chasing the next gig so um you know you, you, you do have you you know you have to you have to set your um your dreams really high because you that's that means you're always going to be chasing them so um you know i still have things that i want to achieve but yeah dark moments um i mean you know what time is it is it is it past bedtime i mean i mean i can you know I, I, I was a DJ in, in Edinburgh for four years. Um, this was this was after I, I left college, and this would have been '92 to '96, and that was when I don't know if people in America know about a film called Train Spotting by uh, Irvin Welsh, and uh, that that they were dark years, and uh, that was I was I was a club club promoter DJ in Scotland, and that's that's what that's where you learn a lot about um, culture society and uh it's magnified through uh through nightlife and um yeah they they were hard times but again i wouldn't swap it for the world because it just makes makes um makes you uh who you are really
0: and that's what i always say what doesn't kill you makes
1: you stronger stronger yeah
0: the DJing has taken you now at midnight, Ryan and Yamhoo and Quest Life around the world. Where's this? Where's this taking you? Besides Ibiza, where has this taken you? Like you know, for some of us, it's been all over the world. Were there any of those dreams to travel the world as a DJ and all that, or was it just something that just happened for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the even the early early years with Yamhoo, absolutely the DJing exploded, and um, I was probably going traveling every weekend. But, um, yeah, you know, everyone, we still want to get out there. And, um, you know, but now, you know, the label, Midnight Riot has taken over everything. So um, I'm still, I I was still DJing and I'd I'd love to go back there. But um, the problem is, it's, you know, running running a label um, is... Pretty serious, and um, the responsibility, and you know, you're um, you have to look after people. That's the that's the one thing, you know. I, I don't want to let people down, and um, you know, luckily the success has led to a lot more DJing in the last four or five years. So um, that was a good way to do it because um, coming up with the label that allowed me to re-enter or you know be discovered again and uh you know meeting people like yourself you know that wouldn't have happened if i hadn't set up the label so you know it's been a really it's been a great learning curve um doing the business side of it because um i don't think i was focused on that in my in my younger days
0: and people don't understand that when they say running a label they don't understand the administration part of it like you know this you know it's all fun to go in the studio and make records but how hard is it, truly? I mean, how many hours a day are you working on this label?
1: Yeah, it's um, it, it doesn't stop. So um, and it hasn't stopped, and that's the only way you can do it. Um, thankfully, uh, technology. Uh, I, I can do it from a lot of places, or you know, you can do it from an airport lounge, or, or what you know, when you were traveling. So the technology is allowed. Yeah, you know, allowed me and others to you do it on the move, but yeah, you never stop. It's, 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 uh, it's an addictive drug, um, you know, especially when you find success as well, because you don't, like what I was saying, you don't want to let it go either. So um, that's, a, that's another thing. It's, it's, it's just, a, it can be a, a bit of a cruel mistress because the success, um, you know, that's, that's the difficult thing. It's a difficult thing to, ha- to you, you don't want to lose it. But you are going to lose it because you can't stay top of your game forever. So uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm constantly looking for ways to, you know, just sustain sustain what sustain the dream. Really, um, that's that's another thing that you know I don't think people realise is the not the pressure, but it's it's when you actually um, achieve certain things. You know, you you need to deliver. The next day and the next week, and um, year after year, that's that's no easy uh, task. Uh, trust me.
0: For some people, music is a hobby. For you, it's your life, your career, and everything that makes you who you are. What are some of the hobbies that you run away from the music, the job, to go and hang out and do? Because you know you got to have something else. Can't be doing music twenty-four-seven. It's got to be something else in your life. Um.
1: No, you'd be surprised because, I mean, I'd I'd say, you know, through COVID, I got into cycling and, um, you know, cycling around London. So any form of exercise, because that gives you, that that reinvigorates you. And, um, but you won't, you won't find me far from music. But the the thing that, you know, the thing I would say about the the whole Midnight Riot thing is, um, you know, you can apply anything to, you can apply anything to your vision. Or fuel your utopia um, through music or creativity and so you know my life is my art my you know my art is my life and so I don't need to step away from it because um, I'm that close to it Um, I'm I'm comfortable I'm I'm happy I'm happy doing this I'm happy you know what, what I've achieved and and my friend you know my friendship is is key to it so I don't, I don't know I mean I don't really I don't really um, have a problem you know I, I don't step away from it because um, everything you know I've, I've built you know I, I like building stuff as well you know so um, you know I'm a hands-on person and um, you know if, if I could open if I could design sound systems or open a nightclub I, w- I would do that um, and happily. You know it's, that will still be my life. Um, I think you know. I think a lot of people feel that way.
0: Awesome. Production tips. What's the programs of choice? What's your go to in your toolbox for everybody that's watching? he would like to know. People have been asking me, "What's he work with? What's he do?" We see all this uh, equipment behind you. Yeah. Take us all all, 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 on a
1: tour. It's all <laughs> analog. Um, so, yeah, iMac. I um, I've got U- a UAD sound card, Barefoot, barefoot monitors. Uh, there's a Moog fatty and um, a Profit Rev 2 which is a, a Dave Smith emulation of the of the Prophet. Um, and and a lo- and yeah, main main it's all it's all analog. I'm I'm, I'm using Logic Logic Pro um, for, for beats I'm using a, an a, an Akai sampler. Uh, it's all it's all pretty much analog, and um, I don't I don't always mix mix down here. I've, I've got a guy called um, Matt Bandy. Matt Bandy's um, there's a lot of mixing for me, and uh, I, I, I mix myself. But does
0: then um, Matt mix for Dave Lee as well? I think and some
1: other. um the American yeah. bloke. He is. He's yeah. He's been here probably ten fifteen years. This is me.
0: This is to me, bloke, an American bloke. <laughs>
1: Yes. American geezer. Yes,
0: Geyser. the geese. The geese.
1: Um, so yeah, that's that's it. Um it's it's a really simple setup, and um, I, I think um, you know you have to cast your mind back to when you first walked into a recording studio and it was like walking into a you know, like boarding a spaceship and uh, flashing lights. You had no concept of what stuff did. And then lo and behold all these years later um if you want to talk about production or or or, or, uh, creating a song it's all about simplicity and um and and also the process okay um you should you should study signal flow uh the trend you know uh just think about it as a very simple task and um you know, when you're, it doesn't really matter what um, what software you're using because it's it's still there's a start, a middle, and the end. So um, that's something that's something that I've sort of come to understand more is the simplicity of creating a song because when you've made a hundred tracks or however you know all your remixes, you you understand how it's all broken down and um, the the one thing that's really the one thing that I've, I've come to uh, really understand is playing an instrument, um, put, put the producing aside. Um, since COVID, I've, I've just been playing more piano and understanding jazz and the blues. And then if you wanna go back to simplicity of, of composition and putting that back, you know, where do I start? Where do I start today? with this, with this um, stuff that I'm feeling or if I'm remixing. And, you, you know, okay, I've got my setup here. But it's that thought process and the simplicity uh, that, that's key to it all. Uh, leaving less out, creating the space or finding the space. Um, you know, and tempo as well. Tempo is an interesting thing because, um, or the groove, the groove or the swing. Um, but yeah, going back to equipment, you know, you can, you can make, you can make anything with, you know, the worst, you know, the most basic, uh, simplistic equipment, or you could have, you know, world's your oyster, but, um, it is, it's, it's all, all, it's all analog and, um, I'm I'm doing i am I'm, I'm fortunate. I, I, I work with a lot of vocals or I get sent great, great songs and, um, that's something that i never had uh, previously and so you, if you've got a vocal and you're working with that that's kind of your you, you know that, that that's your building you know that's that's your building block you work around that that song and that that's kind of something that i've always uh, gravitated towards is the vocal and that that's a that's an easy way to to you know you you're just adding your uh, your your ingredients into the mix after that
0: What's the criteria when someone's asking you to remix their project and another label comes to you and says, hey dude, I need that Midnight Riot, you know, I need that sound. Cause you know they always say that. I want, you know, d- uh, give me your sound. What's your criteria in order to make this work? To do a, you uh, know, m- a successful remix? A money? <laughs> well, besides the money, first we know the money's always a big thing, but does it because like, yeah. like michael gray for example he's very picky at times he can be very picky when records he wants to work on what's it for you
1: um it's 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 whether yeah there has to be a vocal uh, i'm i'm not an instrumental guy although not to dismiss anything but it I, I i don't know maybe it's the era that we come from or i don't know but yeah there has to be a vocal there has to be yeah, you have to you have to connect with that person who's asking, who's commissioning you for that work. Uh, it could be a random, it could be a major label, but you know, having done a lot of remixing, you you know exactly the moment that um, that proposal lands in your email box, you pretty much know within seconds whether you can actually um, you know answer or 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 if there's a job because um, I'm probably not. I'm probably not the top 10 remix guy to go to and that and that's a that's a well-earned position but I'm 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 under that and um I can deliver and um yeah I just want I, I want to work with with a great with a great vocal and you know I've I've been lucky enough to to have those opportunities
0: I get a lot of emails personally as as the producer artist and people will send me private messages, please Lenny, I want a remix for you. I want a remix for you. I'll do anything to do it. blah, blah, blah. How important is the person stature-wise opposed to the talent? Is that more important that the person has the talent as the remixer or the name sake in today's digital business? Hmm.
1: I mean, we've we've um, so we've worked with, I'd say, with all the key names, and then we've worked with absolute unknowns. And you can tell you, you you'll always research, or you you might know that person instantly, but uh, you, you'll always research. Um, the, yeah, the, what it is? What, um, it's it's whether you want to get involved with someone on a, on a business level. Or even on a creative level, and that's something I would I would say I'm I'm a little more bit more picky, or I've, my filters are are higher now um, than they were before. Because when you start out, you 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 have no experience, and um, so yeah, that, that's um, I would love to have the budget to bring in like all A-listers, but sadly, that that um, that that can bankrupt you as well. So you kind of have to just, um, you know, I've, I've set up, I've set up this, um, this label and, you know, I'm, I'm in, in, a, in a fortunate position where you can be a bit picky or you're attracting, you know, up-and-coming people and that's, that's a bit of a luxury or it's a nice place to be because, um, you know, you're, you're not throwing yourself into certain situations you did originally. So um, if, if that answers your question
0: someone doesn't know anything about what we do they're a dj they're aspiring they say to you andy where do i begin you know where do i begin what would you tell them you say go to school what you know i'm looking at your your setup where do i i'm like wow that's a piano that's cool how do we make sounds work where do what do you where do you send someone what do you tell them to do you know when they're in that position
1: yeah i mean luckily you can go to college now um we, we didn't really have so many, um, you know, there wasn't really an industry. So we just made up, we made up the industry. And um, where would I start? I'd start on YouTube because it's free. And um, yeah, learn, just learn the piano, learn blues. Um, it's all there on, on YouTube because once you've got your, your chops, your skills, you can go on to composition and become like um, an artist, a producer. And um for disco or funk or soul, i think I think there's a there's a window there for people to become songwriters or you know uh, or, or artists or or, or even studio um, session guys or, or, or you know girls. i think i would I would forget about the DJing for now and 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 also the business side of it. I would i would I'd, I'd learn something on youtube because it's free or you know you can you can get everything there you don't have to go to college or you know if you're if you have the finance maybe maybe you can
0: jesus you know I, I, you make me think about that for a minute there was just basic engineering schools back in the day which was just signal flow you know they didn't really have the midi side of it and you kind of had to have You know, if you didn't have a whole resource of people around you to help you, you kind of had to have some musical training to be able to know, okay, uh, I got to be, you know, I can listen to a record and say, I want it to sound like this, but I know what instrumentation goes in, all that good stuff. But you covered it, covered it quite well. Um, I also want to make note, I got to thank him for helping us take Shirley Light's fire to number one position. (laughs) <laughs> we did that, that project That was a project of projects
1: Philadelphia baby
0: That's it You know when he talks about He wanted to be part of that Philly thing He became part of Philadelphia Bringing Shirley Lights into Midnight Riot That was a great project And I remember you calling me early on about it Do you remember when you first heard it? Now you gotta tell people about the Shirley Lights fire record Because we gotta give her a lot of credit She turned that that track down Oh
1: my god Um, I mean for me Philadelphia needs to be rediscovered and uh and like a lot of cities but um that's somewhere you know that's you know bringing bringing back these um these artists and um yeah that you're you're turning them on to a new whole new generation it's um that's that's something that I really love doing and um you know it was a pleasure to be involved.
0: He did a great job. I mean, it was one of the most hammered records you heard every club. And that's what we're talking about. What's sad is right now, we're back to this again. You got fantastic records that you need a club and a a festival level audience to experience to keep a record moving. What the hell are we going to do from now till it opens up? Because I had another record with him that we were going to do. (laughs) um uh, vangela white we had this other record we just all put it on hold because now we're taking our best stuff and waiting and praying for the day that this is over and i know he's feeling the same way i'm feeling that it's going to come to an end but it may just disappear or we may have a vaccination we don't know but most importantly guys work hard he said the magic words songs that was what was missing for a while, if you remember. There was a period in dance music, there was no big vocals no more. There was some years that you were just hearing a lot of tracks. Electro scene came big and the music changed and the songs, the big diva vocals went back underground. You know, Now they're in vogue, now people want them. This new age of younger club audience, or should I say, internet goers are hungry for to hear really good songs and that's something you really hit right on the head and everybody that i bring on this show says the same thing either we are dinosaurs or we just make sense when we say it's all about the song because you can have the most amazing backing track ever without that vocal, when we talk about a song, not instrumental piece, but when you're talking about a song, without that vocalist and without that key song, there would have been no Sherry Lights Fire, no C.C. Rogers someday, no Tent City, That's Mm -hmm. the Way Love is Devotion, no Quest Life, no, none of those records, none of those records. Are you into all of us? retouching the classics of philly like dave lee is doing constantly and dr packer and all the names Dimitri meet you from paris how do you feel about that you know the remix being taking those historic recordings and retouching them do you believe it should be done or what's what's your take on that
1: that and more that and more because um i i, I always i always think it's um you know we're in our little bubble here, um, and I always think it's a forgotten era, and um, also you have to remember that all the multi tracks weren't accessible for a long, long time, so you know, um, stems or or, or multis are a, are a big trend now, and and rightly so, because um, if, if you're um just going beyond, going beyond um, whether it's a trend or not, or whether it's being um, overdone or whatever. For me, discovering the magic or the DNA of what goes into those tracks—it's not just disco or or whatever. But if you if you get hold of the Maltese and you go through this is this is this is where you discover how a song fits the the yeah the magic, the glue, the session players and so it's just an art form and um you know house music came in deep house techno obliterated this conversation so people like dave lee john morales they know they know about this you know you know we're we're in awe of of that whole when when there was there was a budget for session players so um not only that i mean what i'm doing i'm 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 trying to um i'm trying to modernize that whole era I'm trying to re-engage and reinvigorate a younger audience to to acknowledge uh, that whole era because club culture it might sample bits bits here and there but I think you need to I think we need to go back and look at that era more not just the disco but the whole artistry so that's that's something that you know uh, that you know it's, it's, it's much bigger the answer is much bigger than that. And i think I think this era can be um it, it, you know um it can be moved forwards uh, I don't know how you can do that without a budget but um you know that's something that's like deep in my heart is 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 the artistry and the concept or the process of of putting all of that together so you know I'm not really uh, fixated with who's who's doing a new mix of it. I just think it needs to be reintroduced, remarketed online because it was, it's never been sold on the internet. It was, uh, it's, it's all analog. It's pre, you know, old millennia. So for now, this is, this is what I'm doing. Um, I'm going back. I'm taking that and now I'm modernizing it. I'm putting a new twist. I'm adding new colors. I'm marketing it in a, in a new way. And um, that's, that's what makes it unique or exciting. And, um, you know, who knows? Who knows where it's going to lead? But I love it. I mean, I love Dave Lee, you know. our oh, man, you know, the leg- legendary numero uno.
0: So let me just break in. John Morales wrote, but you do it from a production side. And re-recording the tracks, you do. Uh-huh. And that's what he said. He, he's, he's paying, and he says, you're a top man. To hats off to you. <laughs> i love
1: you john yeah i love you yeah
0: and we have to that's why i bring up dave lee These are all my our friends and people we work with we respect in our community you know um of course david morales louis vega all the djs that you know help make this work but you know again um as the head honcho of midnight riot i mean you've kind of laid it all out you want people to get budget players in. You want those live instrumentation. That's exactly. on your bucket list. I mean, you can hear it. I can hear you telling you that. And you want to know something? Dude, we did that in the 90s. We're doing it again. What's sad is, is that, you know, the dark side of it, as you said it, the, the budgets are not there. So how do you go about getting everybody to do all the live instrumentation. <laughs> this is the this is the age old question of the, of the new of this new era, this new century. Because Spotify and all this is nice. It's great that your record gets, you know, shared on Spotify lists and all that stuff. But you know, without hard sales, it's difficult. It's a difficult game now. Definitely is a difficult game. And um, before we wrap up, is there anything that, you know? You want to tell these young aspiring producers sending stuff to you. Is there anything that we missed? Because I think you covered everything. I, got, I had you speak about every piece of it. As far as, you know, as far as an A&R man, as far as a record label, the concept, the vision, the dream, the fantasy, I get it. It's amazing, dude. And hats off to you on that. is there anything that I left out? I mean, should I say not me, but as you did. You think there's anything we need to cover?
1: <laughs> I, I I think um yeah if you're young and uh, aspiring it's 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 just definitely expanding your skill set because you know don't follow the DJ or the artist dream um, straight off just think about the business or think about just learning I mean I mean I I I, I just thought sod that I'm I'm going to make a brand and I think you need to go a, a lot bigger with how you want to do it. And, um, you know, if you can step into music at some point, do it. But there's other avenues um, because it's it's so competitive. But it's, it's not to say that you can't write the the most beautiful uh, song tonight or tomorrow. That's not to say you can't. But generally speaking, expand your skill set. Learn an instrument. That's something I wish I'd done a lot earlier Um and I think that's kind of what's missing, you know. And, and it's all there; it's all there for free on 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 YouTube. You know, whatever you want to do. Could you oh, imagine I'm... if
0: we had that back then. Could you imagine we had YouTube? How to do this? How to do that? What, what would we be doing now? Press,
1: right? press this button. Um, yeah, no, no. I mean, it's it's um, it. Honest, honestly, um, as I, I think as I was saying, it's a generational thing because you know, if if you're talking about Um, encouraging younger, younger people. I don't, I don't think you need to, I don't, I try, really try hard not to think like that. I don't want to think that I'm old. You know, I want to think today, uh, tomorrow is a new day. And um, it is a generational thing. Um, You know, why can't you still be doing this um, your whole life as well? So if you are starting out, think about doing it forever. Okay, you know, this is going to be your life. How can I how can I do this? Um it's possible. It's possible.
0: A lot of people writing you could waste a lot of time on YouTube too. (laughs) Getting sidetracked when you try to find something. Oh God. People love what you had to say. There's a lot of people are thanking us and they were saying it's a very interesting show. Looking forward to hearing some of the new tunes that come out from your label. Um, and a lot of people felt you were inspiring to hear. You know, you talk the truth, and truth, truth to power, my friend. Truth to power. I can't thank you enough. I mean, thank Midnight you. Riot's got a lot of story left to tell. It's, it's on page fifty of four thousand more pages to go before this ends, right?
1: Only just beginning.
0: It's only just begun. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. And the story, and I always tell this to everyone: everyone, unless, unless you're on someone's lapel and watching everything, you don't really know the kind of hard work that goes into this. Everyone has their story. And each story is different and important to the whole machine. Mm, definitely. Because you know what? By you coming on board and bringing Midnight Riot, you brought heat to other people. You step up other people's game. Cause now they're like, oh my God, that's a go-to. That's a hot label. I want to be part of this. I want to be part of that brand. And it's such an important thing that you mentioned, branding. People don't understand that, that word branding. You know, Coca-Cola is a brand. British Airways is a brand. You know, Midnight Riot is a brand. And when you think of the brand, you think of Disco Now. Is that, we're gonna stay there? Are we staying there? Are we? Or are we gonna rock a ship to another level that's all time will tell
1: it is branding is you know we're in a branding universe so um just yeah apply that if you want to if you want to be an artist or a label yeah ap- apply marketing and branding that's that's something that you know I, I learned at college so um I, I, I use that uh, I, I use that every day uh, get into typography I became obsessed with typography and um. how how words and letters fit together. And um, that's another thing, you know, if I'm I'm talking about the simplicity of creation, you know, what you leave in and what you leave out. And, you know, I've I've, I've applied that to, you know, you can apply that to everything. Um, Yeah, get into typography, people. (laughs) And color
0: palettes. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like to me, it's like almost like graphic designing.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: You heard that from the man, the head honcho. Listen, you want your disco record to be seen? Make sure he gets a copy of it. If he likes it, he will write about it. You heard him, he says, but he has to like it, he has to believe in it. And make sure you get it with some lead time. Give him time to get it scheduled in, very important. If you wanna be on his label, step up your productions, listen to what he's putting out and try to do better. That's what we all did when we were coming up. We used to hear the record labels what we were putting out and they would, we would then say, I can do that. Well, if you can do that, then do it better. Don't just be like the rest, a number a statistic. Stand tall, stand strong. Midnight Riot is a label that's not going anywhere. It has cemented itself in disco history. I am so proud to say that in today's game, I have a piece of the game with them as well. And they've done me well. And I have to applaud Mr. Andy Williams. Thank you so much, Brother Man. Andy Williams, known as Yahoo, known as Quest Life, he is part of the Glitterbox family. He is proudly part of the Glitterbox family. He's experienced working with some of the best artists in the game. And he's not stopping there. He's got more tricks up his sleeve. He told me more stuff I'm not gonna share with you because none of your damn business. <laughs> <laughs> but that's for us because we were joking, of course. And we all loved the music. And I've said this, Frankie Knuckles has said this, if you're in it for the money, leave now. As even when the money was amazing, if it's all you went into it for, you will you will fail. You will fail. You must love what you do because then it is no longer work. And on that note, I want to again, thank you, Andy, again, for sharing your time with us on True House Stories, Midnight Records, Head Honcho, UK, London. I didn't even know he was Welsh. That blew me away. See, we always oh, learn some other stuff. And I forgot that he worked at Reckless Records. That was so cool. Bravo to you, Mr. Williams. Thank you again. And let's all stay safe. Keep putting your masks on. Don't make this political. Be vigilant. Careful! Let's come back. I want to party with you all. Can't wait to play again. He can't wait either. We're all hoping for the best. We're hoping we can get through this with Godspeed. Andy, take us to the end. What's your next releases coming up at midnight? Right? What's the hot, hot pieces coming up?
1: It's a, it's a yacht. You know, uh, yacht, yacht rock.
0: oh, yacht rock, all right.
1: Steely Dan, Kenny Loggins, Charday, Toto, um, Hall and notes. Yeah, so. Midnight Riot um, remakes of all the classics, and it's bad boy. It's a bad boy album.
0: Well, we'll be getting that soon. We'll be getting that soon. We'll it's getting... um,
1: yeah, October, October. All right. All new versions, yeah. All right. Yeah, well, here it me. is.
0: Trust me. I trust uh, you. I know, and my ears trust you. You're a go-to. You are our guy, you're our guru, Midnight Riot. Have a great night. Thank you so much. It is now quarter to